This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. You know, I'm really delighted you're here, but I believe even more so Jesus is delighted you're here. You know, early this morning we were coming in here and um, Evan Haven said to me, so Pastor, I love Christmas being on Sunday morning. And I said, I do too. I believe it's the greatest way to celebrate Christmas because that's the real reason we celebrate this. And so I'll just say to you right now, if you were mad about having to come here today, you weren't real happy about it, I pray that your heart softens, okay? And before you leave here, Jesus touches you because, again, we can eat like little pigs this afternoon. We can open gifts, we can play games and everything, but if that's all we do, we've missed the real reason. And so again, I say thank you for coming out. This is going to be a good morning. So we're going to go ahead and jump in here and we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Give you an opportunity to bring your tithe. Uh, there are seed envelopes in front of you. If um, you need any assistance, we have ushers that will help you. I'm just going to quote one of my favorite verses on this today. Because it pertains to Christmas morning, and most of you know this, in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world, that God so loved the world so much, that the way He showed the world that He loved us was that He gave. And He gave His only begotten Son, which we could paraphrase that and say, He gave His most prized possession. God gave his best. He didn't cut any corners. He didn't compromise. And so as I look at the Christmas story, not only did God give his best when the the uh, wise men came, they brought their best. And I believe every time me and you, we get paid, we have any uh, source of increase in our life, there becomes a test with each one of us Will I give God my best? Not just give, but I give God my best. And I believe that's his desire for us as we end 2016 and we go into 2017. That every time I give, I give God my best. Bow your head and let's pray. Father God, we honor you today. We thank you for the opportunity to give. And Lord, just as you give your best, I pray a fresh anointing on every one of us that we bring the first fruits of all our increase to you and we give it with great joy and great reverence that we know that you're Father God, that you cause us to have power to get wealth and it's all for your glory. And so we welcome that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as our ushers are receiving that, just a couple announcements real briefly. One, uh, this Wednesday night, there is no service, okay? And then next Sunday morning, we only have one service again at 11 a.m., but that will be a full service, okay? So there will be children's ministries going on at that. So we welcome all of you for that. I'm going to talk a little bit about Christmas here this morning. And so how this began to take place, and, and usually I preach out of the New King James. This morning, I'm going to read out the New Living Translation And the New Living Bible I have is a chronological Bible which brings everything into order. So a couple days ago, I began to study on these lines on the Christmas story. 
Now, what I begin to see, we right there in order, you got three perspectives. You got Mary's perspective, you got Joseph's perspective, and then ultimately God's perspective. So if you would like to join with me, I'm going to begin here in Luke chapter 1, verse number 26. Luke 1, 26, and it says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. Now, the woman here that he first talked about, Elizabeth, her husband was a man named Zachariah. And she was pregnant with a guy that we better know as John the Baptist. And so this angel named Gabriel, he had showed up to Elizabeth's husband, Zachariah. He shows up to Mary here. And if we go back in history, 500 years before this, This angel Gabriel showed up to a prophet named Daniel. And so what you begin to see is when the angel Gabriel showed up, he always had very important information. So he shows up here and he goes on to say, And Mary was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now I love what he just said. Greetings, favored woman. Something happens when we live this life with the favor of God upon us. And I believe with all my heart, God still favors people. He still does that to this day. We pick up here in verse 29. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, the the angel, or don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. Not just great. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high God. Now, understand this about Mary. Mary was young, and Mary was poor. And in a lot of people's lives, she would have been a very unlikely candidate to have the Son of God. But what we must understand this is we can never snub our nose at the people God chooses to use. And that's even you. God may want to use you. So he says right here, you're going to name him Jesus and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Through her would come the world's only hope. And I highlight that this morning. Jesus is the world's only hope. He's your only hope. He's my only hope. And I thank God this morning. I know him as Lord and Savior, and that's what I pray for you today. We keep reading here. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David... And he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. And so the promise was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus as a direct descendant of King David. And he says his kingdom will never end, and it's not going to ever end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. And many ask, why was the virgin birth so important? 
Well, the virgin birth showed that when Jesus came into the earth, every human being besides him, we come under the, the power or the things that Adam created for every one of us. But because of the virgin birth, Jesus had no sin in him. And Jesus was fully human, and he was also fully divine. Goes on to say here, What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son, is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. And I want to seed you with that thought today. Nothing's impossible with God. And so he uses right here Elizabeth. And he's telling her, just as everybody doubted that Elizabeth in an old age could have a baby, he's saying, what I did for her, I want to do for you. And I believe that's the same for every one of us. That God doesn't change in that area. And he goes on to say in verse 38, and Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And even though Mary didn't understand everything, she consented. And she said, I welcome it. And the last part of verse 36, it says, and the angel left her. And what happens here is just what needs to take place with me and you. Mary offered herself willingly to serve God. Do I offer myself willingly to this day? Turn just a couple pages there to Matthew chapter 1. And we begin in verse number 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother was Mary. She was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. And he did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, in Jewish customs, he had two choices. You either divorce her quietly, or you have her stoned to death. And he chose to to divorce her quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So God throws in a third option. And he says, hey, just marry her. Keep reading. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you shall name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. Again, I highlight there's no other way but Jesus. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Which means God is with us. Goes on to say, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. And so we see here biblically that Joseph changed his plans. And although there may have been many people that disapproved of of his decisions, he went ahead and obeyed what God had said to him. And so when I look at this, I begin to see, sometimes me and you have avoided doing what's right in God's eyes just to please other people. 
But just as Joseph had to come to a place in his life where he said, you know what? I put the word of God above what people can think. And I put the word of God above opinions. And he said, I'm going to obey God, even though some people will not like this. So when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph obeyed God even when it didn't make complete sense to him. How many of you have ever looked at the word of God and you said, this doesn't just make a lot of sense to me, but you know what? I'm going to obey it because it's God's word. And I don't care how popular it is with people. I don't care how popular it is with our society. I'm going to obey God. This is what happened here with Joseph. Look back at the chapter Luke, or chapter 2 in Luke. And we will begin in verse number 6. And it says, while they were there, the time came for Mary's baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for him. You know, although the picture here of Jesus is as a baby in the manger, it must not be our last picture, okay? He was born on this earth as a vir- to a virgin. He died a horrific death on the cross. He rose from the grave and he ascended into heaven. And right now he's at the right hand of the Father. But because the Word of God says this, He's going to return. It's going to happen. He's going to come back. So when we look at the Christmas story, this is the beginning. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. What a birth announcement, huh? But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And I highlight the word all this morning. That Jesus didn't die just for one. He died for the sins of every one of us in this room. For all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. The city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. What I see here is the birth of Jesus. It resounded with music and praise and worship. And I believe that's how it has to be today. But I believe the the greatest Christmas gift any of us can give anybody today is Jesus. It's the greatest gift. And you may have heard Shelley say the other day, her sister passed away. But she was able to lead her to, to Jesus. And she's in heaven. And at times, I believe this with every one of us, that maybe the only description 
may be the only evidence that people will ever see of Jesus in their life is you. That's a good thing. But I believe when we jump on in here to 2017, it will be a year that there will be a boldness that will have to come upon us to begin to share the gospel with people. That I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to be called a Christian. And so, on Thursday at Shelley's sister's funeral, sometimes God uses you in the most unlikely places to lead people to Jesus. So after the funeral, we're out at a restaurant eating. And I'm standing up there at a salad bar. And one of Shelly's family members comes up next to me and bumps against me. And she says, this may not be the most appropriate time for this, but she said, I need help. And so right there at the salad bar, with the goodness of God, I begin to share with her about the name of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus we have. And she begins to weep uncontrollably right there. And you know what? I believe this is where God wants every one of us to get. That whether it's at a salad bar, whether that's with families today, whether that's in your job, we've got to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And so when you look here on this, this first Christmas, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus, when He came into the world, was that of praise, was that of worship, that the angels began to cry out and begin to say, holy, 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 how awesome He was. I was around Bob and Jane Worth yesterday. Why don't you raise your hand, guys, just real quick. You guys raise your hand. Thank you. And Jane said something to me that really, really penetrated my heart. And she didn't even know she did it. But because of her getting a little bit older, some of her, her body parts don't function like they used to. And she said this to me. She said, one of my greatest desires before I go home and be with Jesus. She said, I just want to be able to raise my hands to him. Because her rotator cuffs are so messed up that she can't. And she said, one of my greatest desires is to be able to get on my knees before him and worship him. And as I drove home, I thought about this. How many of us have rotator cuffs where we can raise our hands, but we choose not to? And how many of us still have knees that allow us to bend and get on the ground, but we still choose not to? And I said, Father God, I ask you to forgive me for any time that I had the opportunity to worship you by raising my hands and bowing on my knees before you, and I did not. Do it. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.